We're going to continue in the series, Changing Your Life. Today, we're going to talk about freeing your mind. As we've been going through this series, we started off by Stop Following a Broken Model. And that was a great start for us. And we continued into the power of God to change, okay, which also contained renewing your mind. But today, we're going to talk about freeing your mind. So even though you renew your mind with the Word of God and you start to get it on the inside of you, you also have to free your mind. And what I mean by this right here, we have to let go of some of the things that we've been holding on to, some of the behavior we've been holding on to that's holding us back. Because if we don't start letting these things go and letting these things uh, expel outside of us, what we tend to do is hold on to things that we return to our old ways soon as something drastic takes place in our lives. As soon as something gets very difficult, we return there. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. The Lord wants us, when, once we come to him, he wants we give our lives to him to be changed. Okay, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit to do that but also not to go back to our old ways. And yes, I know it's tough. I know it's a, a difficult thing to do. Okay? Because as people, we like to return to the things that comfort us, or we like to return to things that made us feel good. But when we give our life to God, God is saying, don't return to the things that you feel comfortable in or the things that made you feel good because some of those ways were bad. Some of those things were sinful. Some of those things are the reason that you've been held back. Some of those things have hurt your family. They've hurt you. They've hurt others before you. But because you remember those old ways and when times get hard, you return there, okay, it keeps you in a fallen place. It's time for you to leave those actions, leave those ways alone. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to start today. We're going to start in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2. We're starting verse 20. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 20. And as you guys turn there, I want to start bringing up a couple quick things here as you guys get your Bibles ready. The first thing I want you guys to think about is you need to stop making your past Okay, your present. Stop making your past your present. And where I get this thought process from, it comes out of scripture. Okay, and it talks about as a dog returns to his vomit or returns back to something that's disgusting. People do a lot of times do the same thing. Okay, and the Proverbs have the scripture. Also, and Peter talks about it. Okay, it talks about it here. Second Peter, verse 20. It says, when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then they get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It says they get entangled by sin again. So they've given their life to Jesus Christ. And then whatever takes place okay, in their lives, they tend to go backwards. They, they backslid and they return to their old ways. Okay, and this is not the way it's supposed to be. What the Lord wants us to do is stay stable, okay, stay, stay with him okay, through our hard times, through the hard decisions we have to make. Even though it may cost us something, even though we don't feel quite confident in the decisions we might be making right now, the Lord says, stay with me because this is going to make the difference in your life. What tends to happen when people have something, uh, some type of hardship or when they're going through some kind of turmoil or trial, they return to their old ways. They return to the old things that they know. And the Lord says, now you're now with me. So you've given your life to me. Okay, you've escaped the wickedness, wickedness by giving your life. So stay escaped from that wickedness. Don't go back to the old things. I remember in scripture in the Old Testament, okay, when the uh, Hebrews were enslaved by the Egyptians. Okay, the Lord came to free them, okay, as they crossed over or was getting ready to cross over to the Red Sea, okay, the Egyptian army was behind them, okay, and they started complaining to Moses, they started complaining, why didn't you leave us in Egypt, okay, why didn't you let us just stay there, at least there, we weren't going to be killed out here in the wilderness, and every time I think about that scripture, all right, I think about that thought process, isn't it somehow people wanted to return to their slavery and bondage, and really what it was, they were saying, at least we weren't going to die. Okay, you know, it's one thing to, to be enslaved and in bondage, but at least we were going to be living, okay? At least we could ate there and then kept our lives. And the Lord is thinking, or the Lord is, you know, telling us right here, that was no way to live. Okay, nobody's supposed to be living enslaved and in bondage. 
Okay, I came to free you. I came to set you free. But will you accept this freedom that I'm giving you? And a lot of times when somebody's trying to deliver you from freedom or when you're delivering yourself, you have to fight for that freedom. Okay, you don't get to just, um, just have it and, and then do nothing about it. Okay, you have to go after it. And this is the predicament they were in. Okay, they have to fight for the, their, their own deliverance with the Lord. They had to do that. Because if they failed to fight and they turned back the other way, okay, they wouldn't have been delivered as a people. It's the same thing as with us on the individual level. Okay, we have to fight for our own deliverance, guys. Okay, yes, God is with us. God loves us. God cares for us. But when he's going to deliver us, he's going to use us. And what I mean by this is you have a part of your own deliverance. You have a part of your deliverance. Okay, a lot of times people think, well, God's going to do everything for me. A lot of times what God does... Okay, as he opens up the door, but you're the one that's going to have to walk through it. And that's all I'm trying to get over to you this morning. Okay, when you understand that you are responsible for walking through that door, yes, God has already swung the door open, but you are the one that's responsible. That means you have to take part in your own deliverance. Okay, you don't do it all by yourself. Okay, yes, God is there with you, but he wants to make sure that you're willing to walk through. Too many times in my own life I've seen, and when you do everything for some person, what that tends to do is enable the wrong behavior. Because now they expect for you to do it over and over and over again, okay? Like they're not an adult, like they're not a grown person making their own decisions. Okay, what we need to do as people is to start to stand up. Okay, we need to understand that we have a part in our deliverance. We have a part in this process that we have to undertake with our own actions. Amen? Amen. So when I say stop making your past your present, stop walking back into the things that enslaved you, the things that kept you in bondage, the things that stopped you from moving forward. When I, I was going, you know, I always been going to the gym playing basketball my last 10, 11 years or so, and, and I really enjoyed it. But one thing about my competitive nature is, you know, I, I like to fight a little bit. I, I like to get out there and push and shove a little bit. And I realized sometimes this is causing problems at the gym with the fellas. So was I going to continue in, in, in this type of behavior? Or am I going to be the Christian man God has created me to be? Now, the reason I say this, yes, I understand there's nothing wrong with having a competitive nature, but there is a time where certain things can go overboard. And what I wanted to do was not let things go overboard anymore. I've been in too many little altercations that I should not have been in, especially when I first started playing. And I realized I have to let that old person in me go. Okay, that one that's real confrontational, that one that's ready to fight after the drop of a dime. If I'm going to be Christian, I'm going to have to be all in. I can't ride the fence. I'm going to have to do the things God asked me to do. No, God didn't ask me to sit there and be no chump. Okay, that's not what we're talking about right now. Okay, what I'm talking about is being confrontational okay, for no good reason at all. That's what I'm talking about here. And, if I, and the Lord, once he gave me just deliverance, once he said, I've called you out of that dark place okay, and caused you into this light place or the light. I've called you towards me. You no longer should be living this way. You no longer should be going back to your old ways. It's the same problem a lot of people have with addiction. They, the Lord has delivered them from this addiction, but as soon as times get tough, difficult, and hard, they tend to go back and slip into their old way of life. That's why it's so difficult to get rid of an addiction, and when you, especially when you have an addiction to something that's very addictive. Amen? Amen. The other thing I want you guys to think about today as we start going through this lesson is stop comparing yourself to others. Okay, trust that God will supply all of your needs. Too many times a lot of people return to their old ways because they don't see God working in their life. They don't feel God working in their life. But you must trust that God is working 
in your life. You must trust that he's going to be the person that's going to help deliver you. But you, once again, have to be part of your own deliverance, okay? You can't go back to who you used to be. You can't go back to with the things that you want to do. I understand when you, we have addictive behavior in some sense, we are absolutely addicted to because they make us feel good. It makes us feel good. And we have to be honest about that. One of the things that you guys have learned from me, or if not, if you don't, if you've just watched it for the first time, I'll say this again, that a lot of times the reason we're addicted to the sins that we have is because they make us feel good. When something makes us feel good, we like to do it over and over and over again. Okay, understand this. When God is trying to break us free of something, okay, we have to break free of the things that sometimes make us feel good. Okay, this is important for us to know. And it's too many times we have these certain sins or these certain wrongs, things that we do in our lives, and they're just for a moment in which they make us feel good. The problem is, okay, with our wrong things that we do and the sins that we have in our life, is sometimes these sins have lifelong consequences. Okay, they'll stay with us forever. And that's unfortunate. But here's, it's, this, once again, is the consequence of our own actions. Okay, we can't blame it on God. Yes, God will help us overcome these things, or He will help us to live with some of the situations that we've created for ourselves. But now it's something that we got to live with for the rest of our life. So when we think about comparing yourself to others, just don't do it. It's never good for you to compare yourself to someone else when you were never meant to compare yourself to someone else. Amen? Amen. So it's more important to focus on what you're supposed to do and forget what others are doing, okay? The grass will always seem greener on the other side of the street. But that's only because you are refusing to water your grass. Okay, when you start watering your own grass, okay, your grass will be green right in front of you, but you have to give it time to become that way. Amen? Amen, amen. So let's pick up here, back in 2 Peter, verse 21. It said, it would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They proved truth of this proverb, a dog returns to its vomit. And another says, a washed pig returns to the mud. Wow. Isn't this something with scripture, it's even talking about us right here, even though it's using the analogy of a dog and a pig, okay, returning to, to bad things. It said people tend to do this. Okay, they tend to do this, even though they know the Lord, okay, for some odd reason, okay, they tend to return back to the evil way they had before. They tend to start doing the wrong things that they did before. Even the tribe of Israel, they continue to do this over and over and over again. We talked about that, that a lot last week. How they would, you know, love the Lord for a time and then they would go back to doing all the evil things. They would love the Lord for another time and go back to doing all the evil things. We have to really guard ourselves against this as people, as individuals. Okay, we, we feel good, you know, we, we're, we're loving God and we're doing things God asks us to do. And we only do that as long as we feel good about him. But when things are tested, the turmoil, trials are coming our way, we start now to return to the old things that we used to do. And we were never meant to do that. But I want to step back real quick. And I want to give you a couple quick points. Okay, it is easy to return to what you are familiar with. Never forget that. It's easy to return to what you are familiar with. Okay, even if it's wrong. So when I was talking about the Israelites wanting to go back to Egypt because they were in trials and they were being tested, okay, they want to return to their old ways. Okay, people do the same exact thing. Okay, because why? We become comfortable with things that we are familiar with. Okay, when you're tested, you're going to do one of three things. You're going to push through. Okay, go through all the hardship, go through all the testing you need to come out on the other side. Okay, you're going to stop where you are and basically lay down and die. That's unfortunate, but a lot of people just stop. I give up. It's too much for me. Uh, I'm done. Okay, they're just basically done with life. Okay, or number three, they're going to run back to what they are familiar with. 
You're going to run back to what you are familiar with. This scripture in verse 20 also says, okay, that people become worse off than they were before. Why are they worse off than before? Matthew chapter 12, this is going to explain why you're worse off than before. Matthew chapter 12, we'll look at verse 43. It says, when, an unclean, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passed through the water of this place to seek and rest, but finds none. Then it says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than, than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. So it's telling you, once you invite God to your life, okay, if you don't start filling yourself up with the right things, that same evil entity that was there before is going to come back and he's going to be, bring friends, basically. Okay, and then you're going to be in a worse place than before. That's why when somebody's dealing with certain addictions, when they're dealing with certain things in their lives, okay, when they keep going back, it gets harder and harder for them to kick that addiction. Why? Because not only are you find, fighting more spirits, fighting more demonic things, okay, you're also fighting your thought process that I keep failing at this. I can't win. I can't overcome this situation. And once you give your life to the Lord, guys, Okay, you have every ability on the inside of you to win. Why? Because God, the Holy Spirit, is now there. So you have the power you need to become more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. But will you stand in that power? The reason a lot of people fail because they don't stand in that power. Okay, they, they try to still do things with their own willpower instead of, the, in, instead of with God, the Holy Spirit's power. That's how we're supposed to be moving forward. That's the power we're supposed to be moving in. And it's so important for us to get this and understand this because when we don't, and we're overcome by a certain thing because our willpower may be small. We're back to doing the old things that got us in this terrible situation in the first place. Amen? All right, let's move forward. So now you must allow yourself to be free. Allow yourself to be free. Now this is John 8. John 8, verse 31. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who have believed in him, If you abide my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are the offspring of Abraham and had never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. We got to just start from the first portion of this verse because it's so rich. So Jesus said to the Jews who have believed in him, if you abide my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is such a great scripture. But most times when we hear the scriptures, we only hear the second part. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That scripture alone won't, won't really set you free. It's the first portion that helps. The first portion that makes sense of the second portion. It says, if you abide my word, okay, if you abide in the things that I tell you, if you abide in, in, in things that I want you to abide in, and then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Like for instance, it, it, I've, I've said this before. Okay, if you're an alcoholic, okay, you're, or you're somebody that's addicted to drugs, you know how to set yourself free. Just stop drinking alcohol. Stop taking your own drugs. Okay, you know that portion of it, but you must live in that truth for you to truly set you free. It won't do it just because you know what the statement means. It won't do it just because you know if I do this, it's action that must take place. And you must live in that action. You must live on a daily basis in that action. So when Jesus says, if you abide my word, you abide in these actions, I tell you, then this will set you free. Okay, knowing a thing and doing a thing is two different things. And I want to make sure you guys understand that because if you miss it, you can know all the good things in the world, but it means nothing to you because you never put them in practice in your life. You must put them in practice to be set free. Now, as he was talking to the people here, 
in verse 33, I believe it picks up here. It says, they answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been a slave to anyone. Already, this is a lie. This is not true. Just off the top of my head right here, I've already known they've been enslaved by the Egyptians. Okay, they've been enslaved by the Babylonians, the Assyrians at one time. Even in Jesus' time, they were under the, the rule of Rome. Okay, they weren't necessarily enslaved, but they weren't free, a free people. So think about this right here. When people are not willing to accept the truth about the situation or some of the things that they've done, they cannot be cured. They cannot be helped. Why? Because they never see the wrong that they've done, so they will never address it personally. Okay, for you to fix something on the inside of you, for you to help yourself, okay, I want you to make sure you understand this. God wants you to always be truthful with yourself. Because when you're truthful with yourself about the things that you've done, your actions, some of the things that you're doing now, okay, you then can address them. But when you're not truthful about your actions or some of the things you've done, you're not willing to actually address them. And because you're not really to, willing to address them or accept them as being truth concerning you, you cannot cure them. You cannot make yourself whole regarding them. This is important. Because see, what was happening right here was Jesus was talking. They don't want to accept them. How can you say? How can you say that we've been a slave to anyone? We are sons of Abraham. <laughs> guys, wait a minute. You guys know the scripture. You guys know all the situations that, that you've been in. Right now, even when they said this, they were under Roman rule. But these are people that were willing to reject the truth. A lot of people reject the truth to live in their own twisted reality. You need to write that down. That's a great note for you to understand, a great note for you to have. Because if you're looking on the inside of yourself, is there any area in your life that you're rejecting the truth Okay, to live in your own twisted reality. Is there anywhere in your life that you're doing that? Okay, remember, the number one person that's going to deceive you in this lifetime is you. Okay, I don't care how much deception others may throw at you or how much people try to deceive you. The number one person that's going to deceive you is you. Now, that may be hard for you to understand or hard for you to rethink. That's going to take place. We do it all the time because we tell ourselves these stories or these non-truths to make us cope with life better. This is not the way things should be, but people do it all the time. I used to actually live this way. Hey, my family weren't like this, or my, my relationship is not like this. What I'm doing is I want to see a thing a certain way, even though it's not actually reality. And because we want to see a certain thing, okay, we won't, we won't change it. anything that needs to be changed. Even with my kids' lives, I think about my kids. You know, my kids were a certain way when they became young adults. But I just couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't understand. I didn't want to understand it. So I rejected what I saw for what I wanted to believe. A lot of times people reject what they see for what they want to believe. And once again, this is us living in our own false reality. These people right here Jesus is talking to, they're living in a false reality. And because they're living in a false reality, how can they ever accept the truth or see the truth for what it is? And so what's happening now, they're blind by Satan. They're blind by Satan. Satan has this ability, and it talks about this, I believe it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, I believe. You can look it up. But he has the right to blind the minds of unbelievers. This is one of his, one of his powers. If we don't want to believe the truth, we don't want, to, don't want to accept Jesus for who he really is, then we're giving Satan control. And simply because we're rejecting what's good and rejecting what's right. Amen? Amen. In verse 35, it picks up. It says, just Jesus still talking. He says, a slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is talking about himself now. He says, I am the son. And I have the right, I have the ability to set you free from these things. 
but when you accept this freedom. So Jesus has already swung open the jail door, so to speak. But when you walk out and be free, so many people, because they're locked up here inside of their minds, they locked up even though they hear the word of God, even though they may go to church, but because they're still locked up here, they never walk out the jail cell, even though the door is swung open. And that seems crazy to a lot of people that may be hearing me right now, but so many of us live with this in our lives right now, this moment. Okay, we can't walk away from sickness. We can't walk away from disease. We can't walk away from our bad behavior, our bad actions. Why? Because we're still locked up here. This is almost like, like having an institutionalized mindset. There's a story of uh, a caged bird that I want to talk about real quick. Some trappers have been going to other countries. They've been getting these exotic birds. And they, you know, they keep them in these cages for long periods until they can get them to places to try to sell them. Unfortunately, what happens is when they capture these birds and put them in, in, in these cages, and because they've been there so long, they don't want to leave this cage. So when the trappers are trying to get them to go to the new place they're supposed to go to, they open the cage, the birds fight to stay there. That's their new home. That's their new belonging. Matter of fact, a lot of times, they won't even fly out when the doors are wide open. And this is animal behavior. But the problem is, people do the exact same thing. People do the exact same thing. So let me give you this, this next portion because I want to explain it to you. The same thing happens when we have long people that have been in prison for a long time or people who have been patients for a long time or been hospitalized for a long time. What happens is their minds start to become apathetic. What that simply means is lethargic, dispirited, or disheartened. They believe they can only live, okay, in this type of life now. Okay? And they can only live in this type of situation now. So they can only live behind bars. Or they, 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 they don't, the rest of their life, they can only be sickly. See, just like that bird wouldn't leave because he thought that was his new way of living. And he, he, he could never change. He, this is how these people become. Even though they didn't start that way. That bird started free. That bird was, was flying. He was trapped. He was caught, rather, to be put in that situation. See, certain things we've done in our life to be in prison, certain things that may have happened in our life, that may have helped us become sickly or, you know, have something that we may be fighting with that we may have been hospitalized for a long time. But now it's time to change our thought process. Okay, we're meant to be free. Okay, we were never meant to be locked up. We're never meant to be so sickly we, we couldn't move around. But if you start to have that mindset, this is just my life, this is the way it's going to be, then you're going to live that way. So even though the Lord came to heal you and make you whole, even though God came to free you from those prison cells, Okay, are you willing to be free here? Because I don't care how free you are. If you're not free here, you're not free anywhere. So if you're not free in your mind, you're still locked up. Amen? Amen, amen. It's something to me how many Christians I meet that are still uh, just, I want to say oppressed by Satan. Because you can't be, you, you, you can't be possessed by him because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But you can be oppressed by him if you allow yourself to be oppressed. That means you, you accept his outside pressure. You accept his outside thought processes, his ideas and suggestions about who you are. Okay, and instead of accepting what Jesus says about you, and instead of accepting who Jesus says you are. See, either you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, or you whatever Satan tells you who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, somebody else will tell you who you are. I want you guys to understand that. So if you don't know who you belong to, somebody else will set responsibility for you. So you see, I belong to Jesus Christ when I gave my life to him. And I must understand that. Christians must understand that. So the devil don't have the right to oppress me no more. And he will try it, 
But he's, he's not going to win because I know who I belong to. I know who gave me my freedom. And I know he's the most high God. So I'm going to free myself from those things. He doesn't have that power over me. But when you don't know the power that resides on the inside of you, when you don't know who you belong to, when you don't know who gave you your new identity, what you tend to do is allow somebody else to identify you. You allow somebody else to, to try to cover you and, and give you who you are. Say who you are. Anytime somebody else tells you who you are, Okay? It's never going to be the person that you're supposed to be. That's why we get our identity. That's why we get our thought process of who we are from Christ Jesus, from God himself. Amen. Because we, we have to understand our creator made us. Okay? He, knows the, he, he knows the purpose for which he made us for. Okay? If he's the one who made us, he's the one who purposed us. Why are we going to anybody else okay, to get our purpose? Why are we going to anybody else to get our identity? God has created us. God has made us. Amen. And therefore, I'm going to take my identity and purpose from him and him alone. Amen. 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 Let's keep moving forward. I want to pick up here real quickly. Real quickly. I want to go back to just John for a moment. John. John chapter 8. Once more, one more time. And I want to just go back to that thought process. Okay. About being set free by Jesus. If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. The reason I want to talk about this is because being delivered is a process. Being delivered is a process. If we recognize the process and it doesn't happen overnight, we need to understand that we don't give up just because something didn't take place overnight. I think about, once again, this is Joshua 1.8. You know, I love the book of Joshua. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night and be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. The reason I love this scripture so much is because it speaks of process. Process. You must go through the process to see the outcome. Okay, but you have to go through it. And you can't give up. If you give up before time, you're not going to see the end of the thing that you've planted or see the end of the thing that you've been going after. As a farmer sows seed, the Bible speaks of this in Scripture. Okay, he waits patiently for the seed to grow. Okay, he waits, which is an action, but patiently is a mindset. Okay, so he waits patiently. He has the right mindset as he's waiting okay, for, for the seed to become full grown okay, so he can eat off of his fruit. The same thing we must do. If we want the truth to set us free, we must wait, wait patiently for that truth to grow up on the inside of us, for God's word to grow up on the inside of us. We, you know, we, we wait for it, we wait for it, and then when it becomes full grown, then we see the deliverance of that fruit. See, if something's being delivered, that means it's not there yet. It's being delivered. Okay, and once it's fully delivered, that means it's already there. So as we wait for something to be there in our lives, Stand still, stand strong with the Lord. Okay, you have the ability to wait through the Holy Spirit. You have the ability to have the right mindset to do not to return to the old ways, to the old things. You have the strength on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit to stand your ground. Okay, and to stand in the place God has called you to be, to not return to where you once come from. You have that on the inside of your family. Because see, if you're going to transform your life and change your life, you have to live in that place. Okay, you have to live in that place concerning every transformation that you're going after. Every change in your life you're going after because things now have become habit in your life. Okay, we all have to, be, have to create new habits in our life when we're changing our lives. Okay, I don't care what condition you're fighting or what condition you're going through. Even something as simple as, as losing, losing weight. Okay, it may be a simple thought process, but to a lot of people it's very difficult. That's difficult for me, but I have to stand my ground in my thought process. Hey, I'm going to eat better. Okay, I'm going to work out. I'm going to, you know, have to put a better diet in place and exercise. Okay, it takes times. It, it takes time. It's not an overnight thing. 
Amen? Amen, amen. So understand, okay, as you're going through the process, you cannot give up if you want to see the end of your faith. Okay, end of the, you want to see the very end of the thing that you've planted in your life. Amen? So this is a train time in your life. Okay, yes, you're giving your life to God. It's a wonderful thing. Your spirit is now saved. But this training time in your life is, is take it as a blessing. Thank God that you've been delivered to get to this training. A lot of people didn't get to the training time. They died before it ever showed up. But you're here. You're still alive. You still have breath in your body. Okay, you get to become this new person God has created you to be. Amen? Amen, amen. So realize you must do your part. Let's talk about this last thing because I want to pick up on this period of testing for the Israelites. And this is in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8.2. It says, you should remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And the reason I want to talk to you guys about this as the last thing I want to speak to you this week is because this trial, this, this time of testing that you're going through, remember, the Lord's trying to build you. What I need you to remember is this, okay, that no temptation has overcome you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful. Okay, he, he will not allow you to be tempted above your abilities. See, God is not putting trials in front of you okay, for them to overcome you. What the Lord is simply trying to do is build you. God wanted the Israelites to know what was on the inside of their hearts. Okay, he knew it was there. He knew it was there to the point where he said, everybody 20 years and over should not enter the promised land. Okay, why would the Lord do that? Why would the Lord take his people out of bondage or slavery but not allow them to enter the promised land? What he was simply doing here, and I need you guys to hear this and understand this, that he wanted to destroy the old mindset before they went into the new place. See, a lot of us have not going into the place God promised us because we kept, we're keeping our old mindset. Okay, if we keep our old mindset, we cannot enter the new place. I, I'm amazed by how many people have had certain things they've done in their life to change their life. The problem is they revert back to their old ways. So you see a year or two later, they look like the same person they used to be from before. Are they doing the same actions they did from before? They revert it back to who they used to be because truthfully, internally, they never change. They were always the same person. So what, Lord, what the Lord was doing with the Israelites at this time, he says, all you guys, 20 years and older, you're going to die out in this wilderness. I'm not going to bring this old mindset into this promised land. Okay, you can't have what I promised you because you can't hold on to it anyway. You can't hold on to it anyway. And we should not be like, we, can, we cannot be like this if we want the promises that God has for us. Okay, we must be willing, okay, to stand our ground. We must be willing to fight with the Lord. We must be willing to help deliver ourselves. And when God asks us to do a certain thing, we're willing to do it. No matter what, no matter how difficult it is, but we must be willing to push forward if we're going to see the end of God's promises in our lives. Amen? So it's time to set yourself free. Free that mind, family. You must free your mind. Okay, as you renew your mind, free yourselves of the old things. Yes, and renewing your mind will have to transform you. But don't fight against yourself by keeping your old ways, keeping your old mindset. Okay, if you keep God's word here and your old mindset here, it's always going to be a clash. Okay, and that clash should not be because that clash is hurting you. Get rid of the old things. Get rid of the old ways. Stop returning to the things that comforted you from before. Stop returning to the things that are more familiar to you. Yes, you're starting something new. Those old ways are going to be familiar to you. 
But as you start something new, it's because of habit in your life. This will now become familiar to you. This will now become your new ways. And these are the ways that's supposed to stick with you forever. Amen? Amen, amen. And last but not least, it's time to let go of our sinful ways. This last but not least, just we're going to let go of our sinful ways. Most of us know the things that entrap us, that ensnare us. And because we know these ways, we have to be so careful about not returning there. And I want to bring this last thing up because, like I said, I know we talked about it a little earlier, but I want to bring this very last thing up is, okay, don't return to the place of your temptation. There's a story of the monkey in a gourd and how these trappers go out of the trap in one of these African countries. They, they put like a regular old trap out there and they actually put this, a gourd is like a, think of like a, a pumpkin or a squash, but a very hard shell. And what they tend to do, the, the monkeys are able to reach through the cage to hold on to the gourd. But they want, they're not stupid enough to go actually through the door and go through the regular trap. So the trappers don't even open the door for the monkeys to go in that way. They just allow the monkeys to get hungry enough where they're going to reach in to the cage and try to get that gourd. But the monkeys do something very particular. Even though they see the trappers coming to trap them, they want, once, they, once they put their hand in and hold to that gourd, they won't let the gourd go. They basically enslave themselves because they're holding on to that temptation. It's the same way with us. Every time we put ourselves in a predicament where we put ourselves back in our old temptation, we're holding on to that where that entraps us. Okay, where that, where that, that keeps us there. Okay, God said, let these things go. Okay, once again, stop holding on to things that harm you. Stop holding on to things that put you in a bad situation. Even in my own life, I have to live this out on a regular basis. I have temptations, certain things that I like to do, certain things that make me feel good. And I realize I can't, I can't continue to go there. I can't continue to hold on to these things because they're putting me in a bad position. They're putting me in bondage. And like we talked about earlier in scripture, okay, in John 8, verse 34, it says, Jesus answered them, answer them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Okay, we don't want to continue to be slaves to sin. We don't want anything to control us. Okay, we only want to be for God. We want God to be in charge of our lives. We want Jesus to be Lord of our lives. And the only way we can allow Jesus to be Lord of our lives is if we refuse to be slaves to our own sin. Amen? So free your mind. Okay, this is that next step in your journey to changing your life. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Father, for the way you've blessed our lives, the way you've loved us, the way you've kept us, mighty God, even through our shortcomings, even through our sins and our wrongdoings, mighty God. You've not let us die. We're still here. So thank you, Father, for the way you watch over us, the way you keep us, the way you never, never leave us and forsake us. Thank you, Father, for all the work that you continue to do in our lives. Thank you, mighty God, for another day and another chance to be right towards you. Thank you, Father, for all these good things. In Jesus' name we pray we say, amen, amen, amen.